My mom had pictures of him growing up. There weren't a lot of them, but there were a few. I know that he was really tall, like six foot two or six foot three, and he had red hair. Um, so yeah, I have a thing for red hair. That's totally not like <laughs> anyway. And I know that he didn't go to college. Um, I know that he did finish high school. And I know my mom says that he was really, really talented artist, like could draw really, really well. And my mom always said he was brilliant, but he was a drug addict. Um, I know that he used marijuana and an LSD. Um, and I know he was a drinker. He was an alcoholic also. I actually don't remember him at all. Not even a little bit. I guess I didn't really start asking questions until I was probably like five or six because it just seemed like, oh, it's just me and my mom and my brother and that's it. I was around a lot of other single moms and their children because it didn't really ever occur to me that people had dads. I know that sounds weird, but it just was that way. Um, and I mean, I knew my mom dated people, but they weren't my dad and I knew that. So it just didn't, it didn't really occur to me. And then when I was like five or six, I remember asking her, who is my dad? Because my papa, my grandfather, was around a lot. I mean, he, he was actually my mom's adopt, not actually even not even adopted. They were her foster parents before she ran away. And he was around a lot. And, you know, I had cousins and they all had fathers. So then it occurred to me, hey, people have fathers. So I asked about my father. What she told me at that time was just that he had died and he wasn't around anymore. And then as I got older... I, of course, asked more, like, specific questions, like, how did he die? And when I was in, like, middle school, I remember her telling me, we had to do a project for one of our classes, and I remember her telling me at that time that he had, he was in the army, and he had gone on, like, basic training, and had been killed when the jeep he was in overturned during training. And that's what she told me. What she told me after she found out he was alive was that um, she had kicked him out of the house, because she had come home from work one night and found beer in my brother's bottle, who at that time was probably like six or eight months old. Um, so she kicked him out. And she told me that she had called his mother, and his mother had said that he was dead. And that's why she thought he was dead for so long. And she said, she told me that he died in a Jeep accident so that I wouldn't have a bad image of the man who was my father, basically. Because she didn't want me to think he was an alcoholic and a drug addict and a deadbeat, basically. Which he was. But she didn't want me to think that. And so she told me something, you know, he was in the army and he died in a, in, during basic training. So something, like, semi-heroic. So I didn't think he was a bad person. I never understood that. <laughs> Just tell, be honest with your kids. So. Like, my mom dated people. There was a guy she met that she was actually engaged to. And then they broke it off. Um, he was a truck driver. And I don't remember a whole, whole lot about him. Um, he was really nice. He was huge, like really tall and just burly. And he had a big beard and kind of reddish brown hair. And I remember him being really nice. And I've asked my mom why she broke it off. And she said there were things I didn't know, which is true probably. But And she won't tell me now even because I have, I mean, he was a really nice guy and I really liked him. So I guess it's kind of the same thing where she doesn't want me to have a bad image of someone I remember fondly. So, um, but yeah, they broke it off. We moved to 
Springer, Oklahoma. We moved back. And then, yeah, mom met. Actually, she was dating his friend. <laughs> and it just wasn't going to work out with them. And he introduced them. And they, yeah, they dated for about a year before they got married. And I was 10. So, and then, yeah, they're still married. He's my dad. I, like, I talk about my dad, and people are like, and then they meet him, but they're like, and they're like, you don't look Mexican. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, he's not really my dad. He's my stepdad. It's a long story, but he's my dad. I don't know. She had his social security number. She did a search. I don't know why, but yeah, he was in prison in Arizona on, I think, drug charges, some like possession or like intent to distribute or something like that. I don't know. I was 16 and she actually sat my brother and I down and told us like, he's alive. He's in prison in Arizona. They're going to bring him here because I mean, he hadn't paid child support in 14 years and they're going to put him on trial, you know, because this was back, you know, not long after Clinton had passed all those laws about changing, you know, basically deadbeat dads, actually making them accountable for not paying their child support and supporting their kids. And she said, do you, do you want to go? My brother was like, no. He was always angry about it. And I said, yeah, I want to go. I want to see. So I remember the day we went. I actually went with mom and dad. Um, we all went to the courthouse and we stood. It was really crowded because there was actually more than one person on the docket that day. They just had like all of them chained together. Like in their, yeah, or in their orange jumpsuits chained together in the courtroom. And we stood like way in the back. I was against the wall and mom and dad were in front of me. And they brought him in and I recognized him immediately because he, I mean, he looked pretty much the same. I mean, he was older, obviously, and he, he was a little thinner than he had been in the pictures that I'd seen, but he looked, I mean, almost exactly the same. And I recognized him, you know, then they did the trial. It actually was not very long. I mean, I think there were five other, there were five people total, including him, and it took less than an hour. And after he got up, you know, and, and he pled guilty and they told him, you know, you have to make arrears and you're going to serve this long of a term in, in Oklahoma City or Oklahoma County Jail and and then we left, and as we were walking out, we passed where they were holding them, and he saw me, and he saw my mom, and he leaned to the guy next to him, and he said, that's my daughter. And I just looked at him, and that was the first time in my life I was pissed. I'm going to cry, just so you know, because it was like, I am not your daughter. You didn't have anything to do with raising me. You didn't try to contact us for 14 years. You didn't, I didn't, I couldn't say anything because we're in court. You didn't try and find us. You didn't, I mean, my, my, my father, my mom's foster parents, they lived in almost the exact same house until I was like 10 or 12. They lived there. I mean, he knew where they lived. He never tried to contact them, but, um, he never tried to contact us. He never tried to find us. Nothing. And it just, it infuriated me. It's like, all you were was a sperm donor. How can you call me your daughter? This is my father. This is the man who raised me. I was just, and I, I, we got walked out of the courthouse and I was just bawling because, and mom thought it was because, I don't know why, she thought I was just upset. And I was like, no, I'm mad. <laughs> and uh, it, it, I think it kind of made her happy that I was mad. <laughs> and I know it made my dad happy that I was mad. My mom told us, you know, She's until recently, and actually recently, she just got it back again. She's always had his contact information, kind of known where he is, and and uh, she said that um, she talked to him, and he said, you know, I I know I wasn't there, and and it is my fault, and I don't want to push myself on them. I mean, if they want to contact me, that's fine, but I don't. 
it's kind of weird because, I mean, in a way, he's, he basically said, I don't want to contact them, but not because he doesn't want to have contact with us, but just because he doesn't want us to feel like he's being pushy. He knows now, he, I, he knows that we all have children now. And my mom just found him again on, cla- it used to be classmates.com, now it's something else entirely, but, and she's talking to him through that. And he's, he's never, like I said, he's never tried to contact us since my wedding, but he's kind of always told my mom where he's going to be. He just disappeared there for a, a few years. And I think he went back to Arizona for a while and then came back. And I think now he's living in Texas somewhere. So when I, after I had my daughter, part of me wanted to contact him and ask him why, you know, now I've got my own child and I can't imagine ever leaving my child ever for any reason. It just, it's unfathomable to me. And so I wanted to contact him and ask him, why did you leave? I mean, I know my mom kicked him out, but she wasn't thinking it was going to be something permanent. You know, (laughs) she thought, you know, I'll kick him out. I'm mad at him now. And in a few days he'll come back and we'll make, you know, we'll make up. But he just disappeared. And I've always wanted to ask him why, but I haven't. I've never contacted him to ask him. I've never, I've thought about writing him letters. I've even written them in my head. I started writing one once and then ended up throwing it away because it's just, I don't know how, I mean, I don't know how to approach that. I just don't. I mean, I'd like, I'd like to know why. I just, it's so hard. And like, I mean, I do, I, I have a family now. I have, you know, my husband, I have my daughter, I have my mom and my dad. I have my brothers, my sisters, my grandfather, Papa is deceased now, but Mama's still here. And I don't, you know, I don't have a lot of contact with my mom's biological family, but I have this extended family that it's not like I'm whole because I'm not, but it's just so hard to like want to acknowledge that that hole is there and try and fix it. Because there's so much like, oh, I'm so happy with all this other stuff, though. Why do I want to drag all that painful crap up again? But I do want to know. So as far as, like, why he left or why he he never tried to contact us in all those years, I don't know. I really have no idea because I've never asked. And I want to. I just, I don't know how. <laughs> it's hard. I don't know anything about half my genetic material. Nothing. I could have... I could have like people who were schizophrenic and I'd have no idea. Like what if I, what if, what if there's a family history of schizophrenia or, you know, cancer or, and I actually know now there was, um, especially breast cancer. Like I don't, I don't know anything and not just, you know, I don't know if I look like any of them. I don't know if I have like little personality quirks that maybe, you know, got passed down. I don't know anything. And that, that part I think has formed my personality since I got older because it's like I have this whole half of myself I don't know anything about and I don't I don't want that to affect my daughter I want her to know who she is and where she came from because I don't want her to be asking at you know 18 19 20 years old hey you know did my great-grandmother have breast cancer did you know, did my great, great grandfather serve in a war? You know, I want her to be able to ask those questions and me to have the answers. And I don't, especially with, you know, her father having all those answers about his family. And I don't know anything about, it pretty much stops at my mom. I mean, I know a little bit about her biological mother, but, and I think a part of the reason that's so important to me is because 
not only do I not want history to repeat itself, but I think it's important for us to know where we came from because it is a part of who we are. And I don't have that. And it's, it's not like it affects my day to day life. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm happy and I have my family and I have my friends, but every once in a while, I'll just be like, just like, you know, I know I look a little bit like my mom and my, but my brother looks so much like my biological father, so much like him. And it's just like, well, you know, who do I look like? <laughs> do, I, do I look like anybody over there? Am I gonna, you know, I, I've got, you know, back problems and I've got, you know, migraines and all kinds of stuff. Like where did that come from my mom or from my dad's side of the family? And I just, I don't know. It's, it doesn't, it's not something that consumes me because I don't let it, but I could see how it could. I see, I could see how it could really affect someone profoundly enough that it could ruin like basically destroy their identity. But I think part of it was that as a, especially as a teenager and into college, I realized that I can't let it form a major part of my identity because I can't walk around not being a whole person. 